You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hi everyone, Annie here for some morsels from the world of Australian producers of moving image on Showreel. And today we're talking with Lucinda Horrocks and Jerry Nemo about their company, Wind and Sky. It's a production house located in Ballarat which specialises in short-form documentaries. I found the conversation fascinating because, like a great jumper, the detailed skill on display in their film is produced by the attention to detail and the creative flair of the makers. And Lucinda and Jerry were quite happy to share their ideas with me. But before we go on to that, we have to remind you about 3CR's Radiothon. If you were thinking of supporting Showreel specially, go online to donate and you will find Showreel's We Give donation page. Show your love. 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June, and this year we're asking you to be part of community-powered radio. It's only with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled, and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference, and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. 3CR Community Powered Radio. You're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel. And as I said, this week I chatted with Lucinda Horrocks and Jari Nemo from Wind and Sky Productions. Let's go. I was really impressed with uh, your mission statement uh, for um, Wind and Sky Productions. You obviously thought about it a lot when, before you started the, the project. Yeah, yes, we did. <laughs> we did think about it a lot, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we worked on, on what we intended to do for about two years, I guess, before we started working in earnest. Well, you both come from different backgrounds. Can you talk to me about what those backgrounds contribute to such a company? Yeah, well, I'm... So, so Jerry and I are, well, I, I guess I should explain that we're life partners as well as business partners. So we live together um, and work together, very intense. But um, so we've been, Jerry and I have a different background. So we're both producers of the company, Wind and Sky Productions. But my background is in research. So I'd been working before we founded Wind and Sky. We founded Wind and Sky in 2008. Before that, I'd been working in research 
market research where I used to analyse a lot of um, data and also questionnaires and interviews. And then I did uh, social research. So I'm, I guess I'm the one in the partnership who really cares about the authenticity and accuracy and evidence base. So that's, I guess that's what I bring to the partnership. What do you think, Sherry? Obviously, you're the technical side. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess so. Um, I wouldn't say technical is the only asset you bring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was interesting that um, you said that, um, that you care more about the um, authenticity. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that was, I yeah. shouldn't have said that. No, it's probably because we... Uh, we continually, uh, you know, you, you find a photograph that's just a perfect fit for a for an edit, and it turns out to be the wrong period or or uh, something similar. So there's endless fights concerning that. Um, but the authenticity always wins out. Um, yeah, I uh, my background's in. I started as a photographer and then uh, worked in lighting for. Um, theatre and um, for music and uh, later on I worked in uh, well some animation for Hanna-Barbera making old favourites like the Scooby-Doo series and um, <laughs> Mork and Mindy and the, a lot of other things I'm partially responsible for and um, then uh, got out of the film industry and got into um, economics and went to university and studied economics and uh, environmental studies before I went off and worked in labour market programs for quite a few years and then I got into um, working with um, uh, building education systems, strangely enough, and multimedia and then came back to my old favourite, filmmaking. You have this um, advantage in the sense because you've got uh, a clear understanding of uh, um, film, as it, as it were, as well as web-based and uh, uh, other types of things. You do lots of things. You do installations and social media and a whole range of stuff, quite clearly. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we, we, we tend to spread ourselves pretty thinly, you might say, but... Um, we, we see ourselves as um, as storytellers, and for want of a better term, um, and and essentially we're telling stories and just using whatever medium um, that um, suits the story. Mm. And what we what is both challenging, I guess, and also um, what we're capable of. We often stretch what we're capable of, but that's part of the fun. I'm interested in the fact that you've decided on, um, you focus on uh, short form documentaries. So there's a reason for that. Tell me what the reason is. Mm, this, uh, yeah, that's fairly layered why we, why we chose that. Um, uh, some of the main reasons, well, I mean, we, we started off, we wanted to be able to be um, independent and we wanted to be able to uh, be pretty fluid and able to produce ourselves and so the shortest distance to that was to produce documentaries with our own equipment with our own skill set um, and of course cash always comes into that so that you know uh, money to make a documentary is very very hard to find there's anybody that's tried to find it for uh, 
um, realise. And so we thought uh, smaller amounts of money to make smaller films was going to be rightly or wrongly easier to come by. Um, and um, and also uh, the factor of how much we wanted to travel around the world sleeping on floors, going to festivals, because that's the sort of thing you have to do to get into long form. And um, uh, we, well, I've certainly had gone well beyond ever wanting to do that sort of thing again. Um, a bit so too old for that. A bit too old for it. <laughs> and uh, it was going to take too long. So we figured we'd just do the whole thing ourselves and just publish ourselves and then we wouldn't have to bother with any of it. Um, but now we're being reasonably successful in festivals anyway. But uh, I mean, mainly it was around round. We just wanted to get from the shortest distance between us and telling stories and making things and producing them. So we just did it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, because it's all about economics as much as it is about actually uh, having control and uh, telling stories. Uh, but you say quite specifically, we favour projects that in engender social responsibility and promote positive change. And you've quite obviously found people who agree with you. Hmm. Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, but it helps, doesn't it, to have have that articulated um, straight out. So I think you're right. There's a sort of gravitation of people who've who've looked at what we do and found our mission statement, and then have have said, oh, I've got a project that I think you might be interested in. And we yeah, we've we've ended up exploring some pretty interesting untold stories, often quite uh, local community stories, but not always, about about amazing people who've really made a positive difference. And, yeah, that's, that's a nice um, legacy. Yeah, well, I was looking at the range of uh, films that you've made, and some of them are incredibly compelling and, like you said, very personal, but obviously love projects for the individuals and the organisations. Like the one from the RSL in Ballarat was really interesting about that fellow in New Guinea. That's fascinating. Fantastic photo too. Bull Allen, yeah. which And it is actually a very famous photo. Of this, um, he was a medic in, the, in World War II and he famously saved American soldiers in Papua New Guinea. And from a from a pretty devastating battle, and they were wounded. And then he just went into the live battle and started pulling soldiers out. And he pulled out, oh, perhaps 16, 17 men just by hauling them over his shoulders and carrying them down the hill to safety. And there's a very famous photograph of him doing that. Uh, but the kind of the story of the person behind the photograph had become forgotten or wasn't told. And so we got a chance to tell that story. And as you say, um, we're based in Ballarat in regional Victoria and he, uh, Bull Allen, was from Ballarat. So we had a lot of people who who had a, had a local or a, a personal connection to him and his family. Well, you must find it very interesting, the research, because I've noticed also that in a variety of the films that I've seen that you've made, like uh, you were responsible for the uh, um, Out of the Closet Into the Streets, for example, you made that. And um, there's a lot of uh, archival footage in it. 
uh, I mean, the whole process of um, making a film that's, say, 17 minutes long or 20 minutes long and being able to tell a story in such a succinct way, but also using archival footage, you must be very deft at, uh, one, doing the research, but also plotting how you're going to tell the story. Can you talk to that? Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll have a go. That we've, we've worked on that process very hard over the years um, and refined it um, a lot of and as you say a lot of it's about the research and a great deal of it is actually finding people that know that's one of the things that we always set out to do if we can find people that have done the primary research an author or a, a you know a, we often work with historians and we work with people from universities and we track them down and find out the people that know the story first and that's a win if we if we can't do that we're usually in a lot of trouble because then there's no primary research so we we're in a financial black hole almost immediately because you actually have to do that you've agreed to make this film and so now you've got to do the primary research which is takes a lot of effort and that's where we're seeing it comes in in a very big way but we tend to actually write the story first and we're and, and we're seeing to actually write a essentially a, a long-form article on, on the subject first so that we know the story inside out before we even begin to think about how we'll turn that into a film and how, how we'll think about what the treatment will be for the film. And then we collect thousands of photographs. We've actually been going through our, our collection recently and we've actually got 60, just over 60,000 unique uh, objects now that we've collected over the last 14 years. So... Um, that in itself is probably a, a legacy that we hope we can leave somewhere a, a, as a collection. Mm. And uh, that's not just um, moving footage. We do a lot of historical work, as you pointed out, and often it's, it's stills. And, and um, one of the lovely things that I get to do as a producer is uh, watch... Uh, watch the edit as it comes out and watch the, how Jerry tells a moving story from a sequence of very still images. And you, you create beautiful animations out of them. And I, I don't know, is it his background as in, you know, doing all of the Scooby-Doo's? Who knows? But um, these, these sequences, which are just, Often there's no or there's no voiceover. There's, we might use music. We we love working with composers, um, but a story emerges, a vision emerges from their sequence of stills. And I just every time it's magic. I love watching what he does in the in the editing suite. Well, since you're talking about that and the fact that you work with uh, composers, local composers, I'm assuming, what uh, about the pacing and the uh, ebb and the flow of the story and the choice of uh, characters that you use to be able to tell the story? How do you choose those characters and the ebb and the flow? Gary, how do you work with the ebb and the flow and the musicality of a piece? Um. Yeah, each time it's a little bit different. When when I work with composers, I really love to work with a piece of music that they've created around the theme with no direction from me. I like them to 
listen to the story themselves and create the music and then I, I like to work to the music almost like working to a film clip I find um, that's that's why that way you sort of bring different elements to the to the whole and that connects back to how we approach documentary filmmaking because we try to um, place ourselves in our films as little as possible if you like we, we try to take the voices of all the different people involved and see what story it is that they're trying to tell us um, and then out of that we produce the film so the weave of the story is actually trying as you said before we'll often interview six seven maybe ten people and each one will probably do an hour an hour and a half interview with them and then we're taking everything that they're telling us and trying to turn it into a concise, uh, essentially they may be speaking for five or six or seven minutes in total for everyone. So we're taking their whole story and we're, we're pulling that together into a, into a woven piece that has the essence of what they were telling us. And the same with the music. The music is giving us another layer and the photographs from history are giving us another layer and each one of those layers tells a different part of the content. Uh, and we're trying to bring all of that together to a one cohesive story. Hi, I'm Judith Ehrlich. I'm the director of the film, The Boys Who Said No, Draft Resistance in the Vietnam War. I'm really pleased to be here on 3CR. I'm an old listener-sponsored radio producer myself and worked at the first listener-sponsored station in the world, KPFA, Berkeley, part of the Pacifica Network. So good work. Keep it up. Thanks. Just to let you know, you're listening to 3CR and you were with Annie on Showreel. We are chatting with Lucinda Horrocks and Jerry Nemo from Wind and Sky Productions located in Ballarat about their work in short-form documentary making. They go on to talk about how they work with communities to bring their stories to screen. Well, because you generally, I mean, you do make some films of your own that you want to make, but since people come to you with a heartfelt story... But then you make the film. How do you, how do you collaborate? You must have a uh, pretty cast iron a way of collaborating with people to get a successful result. Very difficult to do. Tell me about that. You're right. It's it's uh, it's difficult, but it's also rewarding because you collaborate with people who might not be technically proficient in the processes of filmmaking, and that's where a lot of the work is: is to try and guide them through a process but they've got the enthusiasm and the passion for the project and sometimes a lived experience that's really important or uh, a knowledge of the of the subject matter that's really important um, so we often collaborate with community groups who uh, give us volunteer services I suppose um, in lots of different ways and and we've got a system where we maintain our creative independence and we maintain a professional film production flow, but we allow for guided input from communities in a way that, that doesn't bog them down in technical specifics, but allows them to have a voice. Um, so it's pretty structured because we're pretty, we like a structure, but it's always very different each community group that we work with at the same time because they have different um, just different personalities, I guess. But a lot of that a lot of that work happens in development. So 
So we have a lot of workshops about, well, what is the story from your point of view? What do you think the story is? And and then we, we talk about what the process of filmmaking is and try to explain that you know, documentary making is a surprise. It's a process. We don't know what the end point is going to be until we reach the end. And that's I think that's the hardest thing for community groups to grapple with. They want to know exactly what it's going to be about um, from day one and we have to guide them through a process. Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask you. Do you actually show them the rushes or do you wait until you get a finished result? It depends. We, they, they, can come, they can come and see the rushes, uh, as, but it's also understood that um, we have that kind of creative decision-making, so it's more about them helping us understand the story. Did I explain it properly, Gary? Maybe you want to chime in? No, I was going to say, no, that's exactly right. The, um, it's, always, uh, I mean, it's always very difficult to maintain creative control in any any production, as soon as you're working with anybody else, um, uh, but it's also uh, interesting to take on board the different skills throughout and the different ideas throughout. Um, yeah, it's different with every group, uh, just and and depends on time with people too. A lot of the time, you know, that people don't have the time. The, the reason we're making the film is they don't have the time. They don't have the 40 years or whatever it is that I've been making things for to, to learn how to do it. Um, and so, and they have to put a lot of trust in you. So essentially they're commissioning us to tell their story and trusting us and our creative control and input to tell that story in an honest way that they're comfortable with. So, you know, there's a lot of doing and throwing between that. Um, and, um, and and people just essentially have to trust us, I guess, which is a pretty big ask mm. when a story is so important to them. Yeah. Um, what about money? Do they come with money or do you um, – because you say that you – I mean, traditionally the concept of producer when it comes to films is that a person goes and finds money. Um, <laughs> so do you find money or do uh, you help them find money? Yeah, it's a bit of both. It, uh, we – Often, sometimes they'll have money and it'll be a straight-out commission. Um, that's not very often. That doesn't happen very often. Often there'll be a grant or some sort of external funding source where we will pull together partners and say, um, let's all let's all pitch in and and apply for this funding. And in that case. Uh, it depends. Sometimes the community group can be the lead or sometimes we can be the lead. Women's Sky usually plays a really formative role in um, kind of conceptualising the production planning, project plan. So, so the money comes from different sources. Our model is that um, most often our productions are freely available online through a Creative Commons licence. So we need to find production funding up front because we don't um, get a, a purview um, at the end. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to nap around with all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, the other thing, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a whole other thing, isn't it? The other thing is 
how long would a production take or do you do and do you do more than one production at the same time uh yeah um so the first question again it depends but um from from the moment where where someone comes to us um or we we are talking with people till the final story and the different components can be anywhere up from the beginning to the end up to three years um with bigger jobs um depending on all the research and everything else that goes into it and this is finding all the money and putting the whole thing together we've done things shorter probably three four months is the is the shortest um from beginning to end and that that would be where people actually have the money themselves and want to commission us to do something it's still quite a long process to get the get the story together and usually we've got about three four five productions all running at the same time and we've also usually got about probably 10 in pitch oh wow mm. you're you're busy beavers uh. <laughs> they're often in different stages yeah they're all in different stages obviously but um we usually would be de- development and production is It'd be rare for us to be in full production on more than two at one time, but development um, can be happening happening consecutively. Development takes quite a lot of time compared to the actual production time. You probably find that as well. Yeah, but that's because you once you have that all in order, then you know what's going to happen. It's all in process then. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You've found all the people, you've identified who the characters are that are going to tell your story. You've, you've um, located all of the, of the archival footage you'll collect and then you have a plan for collecting the footage you want. But yeah, the actual production stage is surprisingly fleeting. <laughs> Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep us going for another year. Independent community media is more important than ever and we need your support to power community radio. The 3CR Radiothon kicks off in June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au, call the station on 03 9419 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during business hours. 3CR Community Powered Radio. Well, that's it for Showreel this week. Next week is Radiothon, so talk to you then. If you want to ring in and talk live as to why Showreel and 3CR counts, then put 11am Thursday into your diary for next week. Until then, keep COVID safe. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack, and you may find yourself in another part of the world, and you may find yourself behind the wheel of a and you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Let it go, let 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 go
to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.